Hey, this is John Lee Dumas of the award-winning podcast, Entrepreneurs on Fire. And you're listening to the Excelsior Journeys with George Soroy. Prepare to ignite. Is there a burning desire within to share your creativity with the rest of the world? Do you insist on pursuing your passion by any means necessary? Then you are on an Excelsior journey and you are not alone. Welcome back to Excelsior Journeys. My name is George Saroy. Thank you so much for being here. And thank you so much for being here for over 50 episodes. It's been a real privilege to hear so many great people share their journeys and talk about their great creative successes. It's been, uh, it's been a great ride, and there is no sign of, this, of uh, this show stopping anytime soon. In fact, we're only getting bigger because not only can you hear us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, Stitcher, and its home-based Podbean. But you can also hear us on Amazon. That's right. You can go up to your Amazon Echo Dot and say, Alexa, play the Excelsior Journeys podcast. And the latest episode will go ahead and start up for you. Uh, this, was, uh, this was a real thrill getting to uh, hear my mother say this over the phone. Uh, and it's going to be great knowing that, uh, that so many of you are going to be doing the same. In fact, I was so excited about this, uh, this new development that I went ahead and created a t-shirt that specifically says, Alexa, play the Excelsior Journeys podcast. But there's something really special about that t-shirt. It's not just the fact that it's promoting Amazon, um, but it's also made with, uh, with a different organization in mind because... Thanks to, uh, thanks to working with, uh, with this great site called bonfire.com, all proceeds from any t-shirt purchase for Excelsior Journeys will go toward this great organization called Make Way for Books. And they have, uh, they have been, uh, they've, they're based out of the Southern Arizona region and they are dedicated to uh, getting books in the hands of of preschools and daycares as, as uh, throughout their region and expanding through across the country. Um, it's been, uh, when I first heard about this organization, I knew that this was going to be one that I needed to work with. And when I reached out to them, they were very receptive to what I had in mind with, the, with these t-shirts and also with getting the word out for Make Way for Books. And uh, they were so excited that, uh, that one of their representatives is here this week. Uh, gentleman's name is Ethan Meyerson. We spoke a couple of weeks ago. We got to know each other, and I knew that uh, that this was that this whole partnership was going to go above and beyond expectations. And I'm really thrilled to have Ethan here to not only talk about make way for books, but also to share his journey about the uh, about working in nonprofit. So it's uh, it's with uh, with great thrill that uh, that I introduce to you Ethan Meyerson. Ethan, how are you, sir? George, I'm great. Thank you so much for having me here. And thank you so much for being here. So uh, so before we get started talking about Make Way for Books, tell us a little bit about your um, your experience in nonprofit. Sure. So uh, years ago, I uh, I had been working as a photographer and illustrator here in Tucson, Arizona. And uh, I decided to pivot in my career and uh, focus my energies on working for nonprofit. So at the time, I started working for the Community Food Bank of Southern mm -hmm. Arizona. It's a great organization. Uh, and I found that I really loved doing the work of promoting 
social justice, of, of addressing some of society's inequalities, uh, of making sure that we're doing everything that we can do as a society to, uh, to level the playing field, to make sure that there's equal access to just the necessities of life. Um, it, it became a real passion of mine. That's great. That's great. And uh, so uh, what was it specifically that led you toward Make Way for Books? Was it just the fact that they're, uh, that they're reaching out to so many, so, many, uh, so many kids at such a young an age? Well, that's a big part of it. One of the things that I love most about it is that just like at the food bank, Make Way for Books is really focused on, on social justice and on equality, on making sure that all children in Southern Arizona have what they need to thrive and survive uh, and to become uh, active uh, students and active readers. Uh, we work with children younger than preschool, and a lot of the work that we do is pre-literacy. It's, mm -hmm. it's um, preparation for going into kindergarten. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, so it, it's interesting that the, the size of a child's vocabulary at age three, long before they go into preschool, the size of a vocabulary at age three is a real predictor of what their third grade reading skills will be. Uh, and third wow. grade reading skills are a real predictor of what their 10th grade uh, uh, academic success will be. And so really a lot, of, a lot of the predictors for future success comes from the, the interactions that children have in the zero to five ages. Wow, that's 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 really good to know, especially because uh, just in uh, in this November, my daughter is going to be turning three. Oh my goodness! Considering her vocabulary these days, uh, with quite a few words that we really don't want her to repeat, um, it's uh, it's been uh, I, I'm I'm really excited to see how she's going to be because you know she is she right now is in that uh, that sponge phase, just soaking up every single thing that's being said. Yeah, and, absolutely. Children at that age are are. You said it best. They're sponges. They're um, during the first five years of a child's life, their brains are making like a million neural connections per second. It's it it's uh, it's a scope that you don't see anywhere else later in life. We as adults don't have anywhere near that kind of new neural growth that the youngest children do have. So now is a great time to make sure that her vocabulary is expanding and that she's she's uh, interacting uh, in those sort of prosocial ways. That's fantastic. That is, that is so good to hear. I'm really, now I'm even more excited about, you know, like about work, about not only working with you guys, but also uh, seeing the, already seeing the potential that my daughter has. So it's, it's, uh, that's really something. Um, so if you can tell us a little bit about how Make Way for Books started in the first place. Yeah, absolutely. So the organization began 20, within 25 years ago, I think 22 years ago. Mm -hmm. uh, and our founder at the time uh, was just noticing that throughout Tucson, there were childcare centers that didn't have books. And so these are places where zero to five age children were congregating, spending most of their day, and they weren't being read to. They weren't experiencing the, the rich language that comes from children's books. And so um, she decided she would do something about that. And she didn't set out to create this organization. She just wanted to go bring some books into childcare centers and read to children. And that's, that's how we started. She just started reading to children in childcare centers. And soon she had a lot of centers that she was working with and she, uh, she called in some volunteers to help her out. And that was our initial programming. It was just volunteers reading to kids. Uh, and through that, we started expanding um, and, and started growing into, into different program areas. Now uh, we work with 30,000 children every year 
and as many as 700 educators each year. A lot of the work that we do is actually not with the children themselves, but with the, the center staff of childcare centers, working with the educators so that they have access to books, so that they have libraries full of books, so that they have resources on how to use books, uh, which sounds like a, a strange thing to say, but they have the resources on how to use the books in their centers uh, because it's more than simply picking a book off the shelf and reading it to the children. There are ways yeah. that uh, you have a small daughter. I'm sure you've read Goodnight Moon once or twice. Uh, there are ways that you can use a book like Goodnight Moon beyond simply reading the words. You can talk about the things that happen on the page. You can talk about the rhyming that happens in there. You can ask what other things could we say goodnight to. When the book is closed, you can talk about other things in your own home that you can say goodnight to. There are ways of taking the book content and expanding it well beyond the pages and well beyond the covers into a child's life. And that's a lot of the work that we try to do as well. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we, when, uh, when we first spoke, I was telling you how my, my daughter is really big on Pete the Cat. And <laughs> she's, you know, she's really, you know, she's really kind of taken him and, and run with him. You know, like he's always, she's always asking me to, um, to you know, to draw, to draw Pete on her little, on her little drawing tablet and um, always wants to, to read as many books uh, for Pete as possible. It's, it's, re it's really great. You like seeing that uh, she's, real, she's really kind of found something that she really kind of latches onto and runs with. Uh, and um, and I, I'm just thrilled that it's, that it's a character in a book. You know, it's absolutely, and obviously, obviously the Amazon series helps, you know, that's, <laughs> that's a big thing, but I mean, just her, you know, like, you know, Pete is always there, you know, like he's always there in book form. And um, I love that she knows that and appreciates that. That's so wonderful. And and one of the great things about Pete the Cat, um, well, there's several great things about it, but yes, kids absolutely seem to latch onto the character. They seem to love those books. Uh, one of the things I love best about it is that the creator, James Dean, uh, yeah. is actually a big, uh, a good friend of Make Way for Books. He's done a lot to support us over the years. No uh, kidding. And, oh, no, it's, it's one of the, the best things about those books is that we, we get to see a lot of it. Uh, in fact, uh, overlooking my, my desk at the office is a great big Pete the Cat mural on the wall. So, yeah, we, <laughs> we also love, just like your daughter, we also love Pete the Cat. Oh, that's great. That is great. I love it. I love it. Uh, so, so... So I understand the you know how the founder wanted to just kind of go in and start start reading for kids. Was it just like that first experience? That's when she kind of realized like, hey, I have something here. Yeah, I think it it pretty quickly grew from there. She she realized just how much of a need there was in our community, and mm -hmm. and just how uh, how much uh, she could expand this throughout Southern Arizona. And in the last twenty years, have shown that because as I mentioned, we're working. 700 different educators and 30,000 children and families. And there's just so much need for it. And every time I go and talk to another group, they always ask, oh, can you expand into Maricopa County? Can you expand into Pinal County? Can we do it here? Uh, and and um, part of that has actually come to fruition. We've started doing some programming in Maricopa County as well, which is the, the Phoenix area. Uh, oh, wow. And so, yeah, and it's, it's really sort of taken off. Uh, and we love to see that there's a lot of demand for it. And it's easy to understand why. Um, the, the children who and the children and families that we work with get to get to take books home, uh, which is always exciting. Um, mm -hmm. And um, and the centers get shelves full of books, and they get to every time they come in for a new workshop uh, with our with our specialists, they get new books to add to their shelves. 
they learn ways of maintaining their books and keeping them, uh, keeping the books in good condition and safe so that the books will last a long time. Um, and, and beyond that, the, the books, the specific books that we provide are, are, uh, are carefully curated. We have a team of specialists that curates the books um, that we give out so that children are getting access to books that are culturally relevant and that have some significance in their lives, uh, books that depict families that look like their own families, uh, books in some cases that are written in their own first language. We have one of the beautiful things about Tucson is that we have this tapestry of nationalities and ethnicities and it's this beautifully diverse community. Uh, and so we make sure that we have books available to children that match that diversity, that we're, we're providing books that look and sound like the lives of, of our, our children. Wow. Wow. That's so, that's so cool. So it's not just, you know, just making sure that the, um, that the daycares or preschools or anything like that are just well stocked. Like that's one thing, but then to be able to take the books home, that's, that's something else entirely. That's, that's really kind of, you know, reaching for outside the classroom, which, you know, that's, it's one of those things where just like, as long as they are, they're consistently reading outside of the classroom, then that, that's only going to be a positive thing for them. You're absolutely right, George. And, and part of the way we do that is by making sure that we're meeting families where they are. Not every family has access to quality childcare during the day. And right. so we want to make sure that we're removing whatever barriers we can and meeting the children and families where they are. In some cases, we do some programming at our office, and this, is, of course, is pre-2020. This year, we're not doing that, but, yeah. um, but we're, we're trying to meet families where they are so that we can provide the same kind of content um, that they could get at a child care center we're trying to provide in their own homes. Um, and, you know, one of the saddest things that, that we've seen is that there are children in our own community who are growing up in homes that, that don't have books. And... Um, for me, you know, I, I grew up in a, in a family where I was, I was fortunate to have a library full of books in our, in our own home. There was, never, there was never a time when I felt like there's nothing new to read. Um, <laughs> but I've, I've come to realize that that is not everybody's existence and not, that's not everybody's experience. And we would prefer that every child does have an experience more like that. We would prefer that children do have access to new and varied and exciting books, things that can challenge them things that yeah. can uh, guide their interests, things that where they can go the directions that they want to go. And I know it seems weird, perhaps, to, to talk about a two-year-old <laughs> uh, <laughs> selecting their favorite books, but it's not. If, you know, your own experience in your own home, you've probably seen that your, your daughter comes to you with her favorite books. And oh, yeah. So it's, yeah. She's, she's not reading herself, or maybe at this point she is, um, but, but she certainly has favorites. And so we want every child to have that experience. Yeah, she, yeah, um, my, my daughter's experiencing, like, she'll flip through the pages sometimes, like, on her own, just kind of sitting down in her chair, but more often than not, like, when I'm in the room, you know, like, that's when she'll grab a book and everything and just sit right, you know, climb up in the, on the couch right next to me and just, like, tap the covers and, like, please read, please read. So, Absolutely. One of my yeah. favorite photos that I have on my wall is my younger son, back when he, he's a teenager now, but back when right. he was, oh, probably two years old. Uh, mm -hmm. He's sitting on the coffee table holding a Dr. Seuss book upside down because he's, he's a, a baby. Uh, but I but love at the same time, it's Dr. Seuss. So it's Dr. You know, Seuss. Sure exactly. It almost works upside down, doesn't it? <laughs> um, so, but he's, he's sitting there reading this book upside down, and he's not, he's not literate yet in, in this picture. He's maybe 18 months. Um, mm -hmm. 
but but he knows how to hold a book. He knows how to experience a book. He he's yeah. come in contact with books. And you know, at the time when we took that photo, we just thought it was an adorable photo. And we were yeah. right, it is. But beyond that, it also shows that that there is a certain amount of privilege that that some children have, that they, they have access to books, that they know what it's like to be read to. They know what it's like to look like you're reading a book. And mm -hmm. it, it breaks my heart that not every child has that experience. Yeah, so hopefully with, uh, with, this, sort of, with this sort of organization kind of leading the way, there's so much more that, that can get put in these, in these kids' hands. Um, what, can, what can bookstores do to help out? That's a great question. So um, as I mentioned, we carefully curate the books that we're providing as part of our programming. Mm -hmm. um, but we also um, have a lot of ways that we distribute sort of an uncurated collection of books. I, and I don't mean uncurated. We do go through them to make sure that they're age appropriate and that they are uh, in good condition and that they're safe. But we, um, we provide lots of books in other ways beyond these sort of carefully selected curated purchase books. We also take donated books that we can then re um, reprovide to the community. We have a program called the Blue Book Houses. And uh, George, I hope someday you have a chance to drive around Tucson to come out here and, and visit with us. Uh, and if you do, you'll see that we have throughout Tucson in doctor's offices and waiting rooms and food banks and social service agencies, we have these blue bookshelves that our volunteers have made for us, and we stock those with donated books. So bookstores can certainly donate books. Uh, individuals and families can donate books, and we stock our blue bookshelves with those. So those go right into the hands of, of families who need them. Uh, beyond that, of course, we're so grateful to the bookstores and other businesses that support our work financially. Uh, if you go to makewayforbooks.org, there's a donate button. You can donate as an individual, a family, or as, a, as an organization, as a company. You can make a donation, uh, a financial donation to our organization. And that's what really helps us sustain our programming and to buy those curated books that I described. Excellent. Excellent. And, uh, and obviously, the, uh, the quality of the book itself, you know, like really, really makes a difference as well. Because, you know, like there's, I'm sure that there are, um, with your experience, like going to daycares and going to preschools and everything, some kids can be a little rough <laughs> with, with, uh, with the books. If, books if I'm not can get chewed on, it's true. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that does happen. But one of the things that we provide to the child care centers is sort of a book ambulance. Oh. Um, and this isn't just to the center directors. This is to, for the children there as well, so that they can see. And it's really nothing more than a, a little repair kit. But this way, children can see that books um, that are damaged can be repaired. They can they can continue to have a useful life. Uh, yeah. But also, it shows that it shows the need to take care of books to make sure that books stay in good condition. It it takes some work to get them <laughs> rehabilitated to get right. books back into good condition. And so maybe that demonstrates to the children the need to treat them with with care. Hmm. That's a, that's a great way to look at it. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a, I love that, uh, that concept too, the, the book ambulance. That's so good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, um, so this is, so this has all been you know, like talking about like the Southern Arizona area. Mm -hmm. um, I myself am based out of St. Louis. So, um, but I understand that there is an app for that. Well, <laughs> we have an app for that. That's true. There you go. So yeah, a lot of the programming that we do, the, the live and zoom based programming, uh, is here in Tucson and a little bit in the in the uh, Phoenix metro area. But as you mentioned, we do have this fantastic app. If you go to any of the major app stores, you'll find a Make Way for Books app. 
It's available now internationally, and the app is fantastic. Um, it is what it, I'll tell you what it's not. It's not a screen reader that reads a book to your child. Right. Um, what it is instead is a resource for parents uh, that sort of guides your experience with books and shows you ways that you can use books in your own home with your child beyond just the, the book itself, a way to take the content of the book and to extend it beyond the pages, to extend it beyond the cover of the book and into the child's life more fully. Uh, we have a number of books uh, that are available in public libraries. So if you use the app, um, if you use the app currently in Pima County, where I live, you can actually check your local library branch to see if the book is in stock. We're expanding that functionality through other library systems throughout the country. So that may not be available in St. Louis yet, um, mm -hmm. but we are expanding that functionality. But beyond that, you can, you can always get the title and author of a book and then just look it up to see if it's available in your library. Uh, and, and in addition to those books and the, the published books that you're familiar with, we also have some books that are custom developed just for our use, just for this app. And so those books are available through the app and the families can read those together right there on the screen. And again, it provides um, resources and activities that parents can do, ways to guide the discussion. If it's age appropriate, you can ask your, your child, you know, what other words rhyme with these words or what in our house looks like the things in this character's house. You know, there are ways of sort of expanding the way the book gets used. Uh, and I love that about it. I, I love the creative ways of taking a book and making it more fully realized in a child's life. That's fa that's so cool, so cool. So we um so I am also part of a very, uh very vast and and uh, very active writing community, uh both in in the St. Louis area and also, um around the world really because uh, everyone is using all different sorts of all different types of social media in order to kind of get their work out there and uh, everyone is supporting each other and everyone is you know like really kind of rooting for each other to succeed uh, there is always someone that's you know that's starting up a some sort of like a drive of collecting either ebooks or um, or paperback books or whatever to use to um to collect for various causes whether it's for uh, whether it's for schools or something like make way for books how can indie authors get involved with uh, with this sort of organization well that's a fantastic question and I'm, I'm really glad you asked that um certainly book drives are a great way to support organizations like ours now it's expensive to ship books across the country so that may not be the best way to support us but I would recommend that you do that to support a local organization that's doing similar work to what we're doing. You can certainly look in your, uh, in your area, a quick Google search should tell you who else is doing that kind of work in your area. Um, so a book drive, I would say keep it local, keep it, keep it in your community. A fund drive, we're happy to accept uh, financial donations from authors all over the country. Uh, that, that means a lot to us, and we're, we're always grateful for that. And we've had writers do exactly that before, to reach out to their, uh, their circle of friends for just sort of a peer-to-peer -peer fundraiser to raise money for us. We love seeing that. Um, and then beyond that, uh, there, there may also be opportunities for children, book uh, authors, and illustrators to provide content for our, for our app. Uh, and if that's something that you or anybody in your circle is interested in, I would recommend you send an email. Uh, you can send it directly to me, Ethan, at, at makewayforbooks.org, and uh, I will connect you to, to the right person in the organization to make that happen. 
That's terrific. That's terrific. And so if, um, so if they had say like an ebook, you know, of like a, an e, you know, like an ebook version of a children's book or even an audiobook, uh, would they be able to send those to your attention as well? Yeah, absolutely. I, I can't guarantee where it goes from there, but I can certainly start the process with them. I would love to. That's terrific. That's terrific. So, um, so where do you see, where, where, where is, um, where do you see make way for books, um, go in terms of expansion? I know you were saying that there's, that you're already starting to reach out to other counties, uh, in, in, uh, Southern Arizona. Um, but, uh, are there plans to expand past Arizona? Well, I can't speak to the specifics of our future plans for programming, but I can tell you that, uh, that 2020 and the, the age of COVID has really required us to think seriously about the, the work that we do, about what is core to the programming that we want to provide and how can we provide it. And um, because we've been sort of forced to pivot to a very digital and very online version of the work that we do, um, that does make it somewhat, it does sort of open the door to providing digital content outside the confines of, of Southern Arizona. Uh, and so that's certainly uh, one avenue that we're going to, to continue to look at. Uh, another avenue is once uh, we can get back to doing more in-person things, um, we can we can continue the work that we've done in expanding into other parts of Arizona. And from there, we can do a, that sort of geographic expansion as well. Um, but right now, as, as it turns out, a good time for us to be thinking about exactly that question, about what is it that we do? What what is the core of our work and what are the ways that we can do it differently or better or um, to a different audience? Nice. Nice. And uh, do you think that uh, like um, to reach out to, you know, like other, you know, indie authors and everything, would they have an opportunity to basically do a, like a virtual reading of their, of their book for, you know, for kids on say zoom? Well, um, so we've done a little bit of Zoom-based reading for kids, but uh, we actually we're trying to minimize that, that, to be honest with you, because one of the things that the science has shown us is that we really should be limiting the screen time for mm. children uh, under the age of five. We don't really want kids under five watching watching a screen. And so a lot of the digital content that we're providing isn't actually for children. It isn't actually reading. A lot of the digital Providing is for families and for uh, for educators. We have um, a, a two generation or multi generation approach to our programming, and so the digital content that we're we're providing is mostly the older generation, parents and grandparents and uncles who are working with their or working with and and living with and uh, and growing with their their children. So um, so online reading is probably not a big area of expansion for us. Um, mm -hmm. But we, we do want to make sure that we're providing content that the parents and, and families can then share with their children in an offline way, in, a, in an analog real life way. Gotcha. So it would be more beneficial to kind of have an audiobook, you know, on hand. That way they don't have to look at the screen and they can just hear, hear it as it goes. Quite possibly. Yeah, quite possibly. Although there's a lot to... Um, a big part of the, so I, I should say that a lot of the work that we do is driven by neuro research, by brain mm -hmm. research. And so one of the things that we find is that reading to children consists of a 
whole lot more than children being an audience, listening to a book. There's uh, something that, that the researchers call a serve and return uh, interaction. And that's where um, party A does a thing and party B then, you know, so that party A has now served the ball, a tennis metaphor, and party B then accepts that serve and returns it with something else. And then A returns it back and it goes, this, there's a sort of back and forth. And it's that serve and return interaction that is really doing a lot of the, the brain development uh, work for the child. So when a, whenever a child can have that sort of back and forth interaction, that's really where they're getting the benefit. So some of this happens without books. Some of this happens when you, you pick up an infant and they smile at you. Well, the picking up the infant was a serve and the smile is a return. And then, of course, we instinctively smile back and make cooing noises at a smiling infant. And so that's a return. And then the infant learns how to respond to that. And so that's a very simple version of serve and return. And with books, you get a different kind of serve and return. You get, um, you know, as you read to your daughter, I'm sure you've experienced that you read a page and she's learned the words that come next, or she's learned that when you get to the end of a page, you turn the page or yeah. you, you pause at the same place and she fills in a, the, the blank every time. And so yep. you get those kinds of serve and returns, which are not possible with a pre-recorded audio version of a book. So we really do want to support families reading together and families using the book as a, a tool to facilitate this kind of serve and return interaction. Excellent. Excellent. And so, um, so where, do you, where would you like to see Make Way for Books in the coming years? Wow. Uh, if I had, if I had uh, an opportunity to sort of map that out myself and, and had you know, all my wishes come true, I would see this in every city and town in America and beyond. Uh, I, I would love to see every child in every community have books at their disposal and to have families that uh, are happy to read together and communicate together and, and, and not just read together, but use books as a tool together, um, both in ways that expand upon the words in the book and also ways that, that maybe don't even incorporate the words in the book. I wanna make sure that, uh, and when I say I, I really do mean my whole organization, we all wanna make sure that, that, that families, even, even families who don't know how to read or don't know how to read English can still use books um, effectively um, in, in the same ways. And so a, a father who, is, who has never learned to read can still sit with his child and pick up a book and use it in a way, uh, even if it's describing the, the pictures in the, in the book. That's great. I still want to see that happening uh, in every community in, in, in the world, if we could. Uh, or um, I want to make sure that English doesn't, doesn't have to be the default for children. You know, in America, right. it tends to be, but it doesn't need to be. I want to see children reading in their preferred language, in the, in the language of their families. Uh, I want to see I want to see more books of more variety that show that show people who look like characters who look like the families that are that are reading the books and fa and families that aren't reading the books. Uh, you know, if I look back through the the children's book that my own children uh, experienced, a lot of the characters are awfully similar to my family, and I wish I had books that that looked different. I wish. I could use the tools of children's book, the medium of children's book, to expand the circles of who my children experienced as, as characters. I want that for all, all children who get to experience books. Fabulous. And uh, if you were to, um, if you were to um, give one tip 
to the parents everywhere to kind of get them, get their kids on that, on their way mm-hmm. of, you know, of improving themselves, improving their, uh, their own, you know, like reading abilities. Um, what's that one thing that you can suggest that they can kind of use to get started right away? Um, well, uh, I'm going to give you two. Uh, the first is download our app because it's yeah. such a good app and it gives so many more tools than I could give in, in one tip. Um, but then the second would be um, books are not just for bedtime. Uh, mm-hmm. I think a lot of families look at children's books as the, the ritual that happens after you wash your face and your teeth and, and get tucked into bed then that's when books happen. And that is a great ritual. And I, I adore that time with my own kids. And I know a lot of families do adore that time, but that, mm-hmm. that doesn't have to be the only time that books are an experience. Let books suffuse the child's life. Let them be part of uh, the process of, of making food in, during the day, or let it be pro- part of the process of, um, you know, getting up from a nap uh, after nap time. Let's, you know, cuddle together with a book then. Uh, or, you know, let's go for a walk and and when we're out at the park and sitting under a tree, let's have a book with us then. Let books become all sorts of rituals in, in the child's life. And then they'll they'll not only treasure it as a as a sacred time, as a special time with the family, but they'll also know that books are not meant to be boxed up into one little category. They're meant to be used all the time. Yeah. Yeah. And can Make Way for Books be found on social media? Absolutely. If you just, you can look for us on Facebook and we have an Instagram that I love and uh, yeah. And all of the platforms where you love connecting with organizations that matter, you can find us as well. Fantastic. And, uh, and again, the website address for all information to donate and everything, it's makewayforbooks.org, correct? That's it. You got it. All right. All right. I hope that, uh, that all of you are able to take this information and run with it. All of you parents, I really hope that, uh, that this, that this will help you not only with, with your children, but also get you on this, on the path to hopefully uh, contributing to make way for books. It's an amazing organization. You can see why I wanted to get involved with, uh, with make way for books themselves uh, with my t-shirts. So again, just so that, you know, uh, all you have to do is go to, uh, if you go to my, um, to uh to my social media for the podcast facebook.com slash excelsior journeys podcast then you'll see the link for uh where you can get one of the one of the two different types of t-shirts that i'm offering uh one is for uh promoting for apple Podcasts. the other for that as i said say alexa play the excelsior journeys podcast both of those all proceeds go toward make way for books and i really really hope this becomes a successful uh this a successful venture and i really hope that uh, that all of you go out there and contribute as much as possible so that way uh so that way all kids everywhere are given these crucial first steps to go on their own excelsior journey so for ethan meyerson and for make way for books this is george soroy saying to all of you ever upward and i will see you next week Today's show is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. If you've never been an Audible customer and want to see what they offer, just go to www.audibletrial.com slash Excelsior Journeys and browse the unmatched selection of audio programs. Download a title for free 
and start listening. It's that easy. Why Audible? Audible content includes an unmatched selection of audiobooks, original audio shows, news, comedy, and more from the leading audiobook publishers, broadcasters, and entertainers. And with this free 30-day trial, you'll have your pick of it all. You can hear books of all genres, narrated by Jim Dale, Stephen Fry, Will Patton, Alex Hyde-White, Jeff Brick, Neil Shaw, William Demerit, and even a few by me, George Soroy. So go to www.audibletrial.com slash Excelsior Journeys and start your own 30-day journey with Audible today.